few moments, but just wanted to say hi and welcome. Glad to see you all this morning. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome. It's good to be together on the Lord's Day and thankful that we can gather in person, but I also want to welcome those who are joining us online, that we can uh, be together as a church. And this is a good reminder that God's Spirit unites us um, even when we are not in the same place, that God in His Spirit connects us to Christ and to each other. And as we begin, just a couple announcements for our time together. Um, one is, is the season of Lent. This is the first Sunday of Lent. And during uh, the Wednesdays of Lent, uh, there was a, a prayer time at noon on Zoom that I'll be leading. I know that sometimes your schedule won't allow that, but if you are able to grab you know, 10, 15 minutes at, around, at noon on Wednesdays, uh, you can use the link in the weekly email, and we can have some time to pray together and read some scripture. So I invite you to, for the first one this, this week, this Wednesday. Um, also, that this is the first Sunday that we'll have children's worship again. So uh, Melinda led a class online uh, earlier this morning, and then she's going to lead one in person during the service. So in a little bit, I'll dismiss uh, the children who are participating in children's worship. They, they can go downstairs. There's a door here in the back of the sanctuary. Obviously, children are welcome to stay in the service, but if you'd like to go to the class, uh, it will start around the prayer of invocation and go to the end of the service. Uh, one last thing to mention is that we're going to, at least for this uh, period of time, alternate between having communion on Sundays and then having uh, prayers of the people as a way to keep our service a little shorter. So this week, we're gonna, uh, we won't have communion, but we'll pray together, um, pray for one another and different needs. And so if you'd like to share uh, prayer requests or updates, please you know, contact me or one of the other pastors um, just to let us know. So we'll do that every other Sunday together. Well, God calls us together to come and to worship. Let's take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God. the worship today is from Psalm 25, and I invite those of you who are in person to stand with us. Um, we won't be singing together, but there is a responsive part, and then uh, those people at home are welcome to sing. Let's stand together. soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord.
For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Let's pray together. Lord, we give you thanks that you have called us to come and to worship. We thank you that you are the God who has not only created us and redeemed us, but you even now today are the one who interrupt our normal schedules, interrupt our normal patterns to invite us again to remember who you are and who we are in Christ. As we begin the season of Lent, we thank, Lord, of Jesus beginning his path to the cross and to his death. We think of his baptism and the announcement of his public ministry, of him going out into the wilderness to face the temptations of the evil one and the deception and lies. We thank you for Christ's faithfulness. And we come very mindful that we are often weak and unfaithful. And so, Lord, we are especially mindful of a Savior who enters into our baptism and he walks into our temptation and we ask for your strength. We give you thanks that you did not turn your face away from the cross but walked into our sin and to our death for us. And so Lord again we come and we acknowledge that we are so quick to turn away to think to ourselves how best to make it in this world is to trust our own determination of what is right and wrong to, to determine for ourselves how we'll provide for what we need how quick we are to forget you or forget your goodness. So Lord, we pray and we ask that you'd meet us in this forgetting and in this turning away. Again, that you'd meet us this day with your grace. Remind us of your goodness in Christ. Remind us of your faithfulness in Christ. Lift our heads to you, away from our own foolishness and our own decisions to provide for our own needs. Let's, let us find rest this day in you. Lord, we also think of our broader world and we know just the challenges that we are facing individually and in our neighbors around us and beyond um, here in Chicago. We continue to pray for those who are sick, for those who are fearful, those who are isolated. We pray for the effectiveness of the vaccine and for its distribution, that it would be just, that those would not, that many, the people would not be forgotten or left behind. We pray, Lord, for neighbors who are in parts of the country who are not used to snow, are not used to cold weather, who have been without power and without heat. And we pray, Lord, for their provision and for their care. Lord, we do give you thanks as you invite us to, to give thanks for the clothes on our back, for the food that we have, for the shelter that we have. We acknowledge all good gifts come from you. And so we give you thanks for your generous hand. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this time, the children who are participating in children's worship can head to the back where 
Um, Melinda will be there to meet them and take them downstairs uh, to the basement. As I mentioned, th that class will go through the rest of the church service. Well, when we gather and worship, God invites us to come. It's also a good chance for us to remember that God is different than us, that God is holy and just and righteous, and that he invites us to come and honestly confess our sin, not because we owe him some kind of you know, payment, but because we can come and rest in his grace in Christ. And so we're going to take a time to do that together, and then individually that we can bring our sins and confessions to God. I invite you to join with me in our responsive confession. This is what God told his people. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must not have any other God but me. But we are often callous to the idea that you rescued us and called us to serve you alone. We run after wealth and pleasure, struggling to take care of ourselves instead of looking to you for peace and satisfaction. Help us to see rightly that you alone are the Lord. Forgive us for putting other things before you in our lives and help us to trust you. a moment to bring our confession and our need to God.
Lord, we give you thanks that you hear us when we pray. We thank you for the invitation to come to your throne of grace with boldness and confidence, not in ourselves, but in the sufficiency of Christ's grace for us. We thank you for the promise that while our sin is great, your grace is always greater. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. For those who are worshiping in person, I invite you to stand, that we can read together these words of assurance. They come from Colossians 1. Let's join together. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. You may be seated. Reading from the scriptures, the first book of the law, Genesis, chapter 9. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast on the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I've set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The first letter of Peter, chapter 3. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. This is the word of God. Glad to be able to worship uh, with you today and look at God's word. 
uh, during the season of Lent, we're going to look at a handful of different gospel passages, traditional passages, all of which that invite us to encounter Jesus' ministry and especially the, the bringing of the kingdom of God. And so today we're going to look at Mark 1, verse 9 through 15, which invites us to see Jesus' baptism and the beginning of his public ministry. So it's invite you to, to listen or to read along as I read to us from Mark 1. It says, verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. The spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is God's word given for our good. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we ask that your spirit would be with us to illuminate our hearts, that we would understand your word to us, that we may also respond in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is kind of the opening of Mark's gospel and, you know, the question of how he opens his gospel. It's different than the other three. There's no birth narrative. There's no, you know, hymn to the eternal or divine word. Just a few verses in, Jesus appears as an adult as an adult on his way into the wilderness to be baptized by John in the Jordan River. We just read he enters the river, and when he rises from the water, immediately he sees the heavens torn open, the Spirit descending on him, and a voice from heaven speaks, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. This is like a public introduction. In this event, we are introduced to Jesus. Here is God's son, the anointed one, the Davidic king of Israel who will redeem God's people, establish God's kingdom. And the spirit and voice introduce Jesus and start his public ministry. And the faithful son goes forth speaking the gospel of God. Repent and believe. As we think about this public introduction and this ministry of Jesus, there's three questions real briefly that we will look at today. And the first question is, what does this event tell us about the good news, tell us about this gospel of God? So the first one, what does this tell us about God's gospel? And what I want to suggest to you is that this opening scene, maybe it's familiar to us, or maybe it's the first time that we've thought about it for a long time, or first time reading it, but it offers a profound summary of the gospel, the good news, that when the living God looks at us, at every believing Christian, at all who have faith in Christ, God says to us what he said to Jesus on the day of his baptism. You are my dear child. I am pleased with you. Hear that. He sees us, but not simply us in ourselves, but we are in Jesus. In Christ, we are fully received as known, forgiven, Loved, 
adopted as children. Now, I don't know how that strikes you, but for many of us, it might be hard to believe that that is how God sees us. Maybe it's because of our view of who God is. Maybe it's because of family experiences that we've had. Maybe it's because we carry the burden or of shame, pain. But I want us to see right in the beginning that we are invited into this summary, into the promise and claim of the gospel, that in God's gracious plan, we are united to Christ in faith by the Spirit. And what is true of Him is true for us. What is true for Him is also true for us. You are my dear, dear child. My beloved, I delight in you. So that is the first question that we're invited to rest in, to see and rejoice in. But maybe it leads to a second one. How can this be the case? How can a word for Jesus become also a word for you and me? Well, it can't be due to our performance or due to our convincing God somehow. The other day when it snowed, you might be thinking, which, which day? was Wasn't that all the days that it snows? <laughs> the other day when it really snowed, you know, when we had lots of snow, Monday night and Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, uh, my son Owen and I walked to the church office, and some of the sidewalks had been cleared and some were not. And I thought, you know, we'll go to Western Avenue. It's probably be cleared over there. But most of the businesses hadn't opened, and it was mostly untouched. So he and I made our way trudging through the deep snow Moving from walking from side by side, now I stepped in front to try to uh, cut a trail, you know, very bravely cut a trail on Western Avenue through the snow, stepping in and letting Owen step in my steps after me. If you can picture such a path or such a trailblazing, if we can use that term, it's an image of what Jesus does and what we see even in our passage of cutting a path. You see, Jesus enters our condition. He steps into our step, steps into our path. But in the mystery and the wonder of the gospel, he's not just drawing near to us. He is doing that. He's drawing near to your situation. But as he steps into our path, he is creating a new way, a new path, new steps, such that our broken stories can become part of his story. And we see the beginning of this in our passage, Jesus walking a path. He leaves his home in Nazareth. He enters the waters of the river, and he goes forth into the wilderness that has this clear connotation of danger and uncertainty and hostilities. But he enters from that time of temptation and suffering as the victorious and faithful one. You see, in walking this path, he's not only establishing a new and righteous one, but he is stepping into our old steps. He's acting out the story of God's people. You see, when he steps in this path, he steps in the path that they've walked, the journey out of slavery in Egypt, into the steps of the waters of the Red Sea, and into the unknown wilderness. Jesus wants us to see that he is intentionally stepping in our steps. And he's doing this because he is the Christ, the Messiah, as he's been introduced. And it's his role to represent his people. Such that whatever is true of us, he takes on to himself. 
And whatever is true of him is given to us. This is the wonder of the gospel and how it can be that God can look at us and say with us in Jesus, you are my beloved and I delight in you. He walks our path and in his faithfulness and power, he establishes a new path in which our broken stories, our unfaithful stories become part of his story. And that's why in Hebrews 12, Jesus is given the title of the trailblazer of faith. Not just cutting through some snow, but cutting through our deepest realities and needs. The trailblazer of faith, the one who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Stepping into our fear, stepping into our hurt and our temptations, the lies that we give into, stepping into our rejection and loss, that he may grant us adoption, that we might be the beloved of God. See, our passage invites us to the gospel and invites us to see even why, how Jesus was working that for us. And the final question for us today is, so what do we do? How might we respond today? Mark's gospel is characterized by the present tense. Everything is now. Everything is happening immediately. Over and over again, Mark wants us to be kind of confronted. This is happening. It's in this idea that Jesus is not just this historic figure, but he is a living reality, a person who addresses you and me today. Today, he calls us to find our place in him and in his steps. Today, he invites us to think of our story, not in its own, but within light of his. Today, to see our path not as our own steps, but in light of his path. And that call of today is summarized in repent and believe. Repent meaning to turn away from, turn away from false promises, false gods, turn away from idols that offer much but deliver little. Turn away from, and we maybe can think about how that would look in our lives. To turn away from the refrain that I have to be on my own. I have to make my own way. Whether we say that out of pride or whether we say it out of shame, Jesus says turn away from that. Turn away from the idea that the only way that I can have my story be joined to someone else's is if I you know, get their approval. The only way that my story can be viewed by God is if I please him that I'll be okay if I do certain things or don't do other things. Jesus says, turn away from that performance, that conclusion that somehow you can make God owe you. Turn away from the idea that my story consists only in what I've done. Or maybe our stories consist only in how we've been treated by those close to us or those far away. Jesus is saying today, those are false ways to live. They will not lead you to a place in which you'll know the belovedness of God. But turn away from those and turn, believe. Believe meaning to turn toward God. And we can summarize it back to the beginning, to receive the gift that he has given. To receive the gift that seems too hard to believe that when he looks at you in Christ, he sees you and says that you are my beloved. I delight in you. 
I find pleasure in you, my son or my daughter. And that is true. And if it's true that Christ is powerful, then there's nothing that we can do or say or someone can do to us that can change that reality of what God has accomplished. Today, repent and believe. I'll close with this uh, final note. Last Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. And it reminded me of a devotion I read a number of years ago in which an author writes at a service back in a day when people were easily gathering and receiving ashes on their head. She writes that she overheard someone in the congregation ask, do my ashes look all right? Do my ashes look all right? We all know what that is. You know, did I get the actual cross up on the, on the forehead? And the author writes that she had to laugh because of course it didn't look all right. <laughs> you have ashes smeared on your forehead. The ancient symbol of death and sorrow. And it's for this reason that Jesus calls the weary to himself. It's for this reason that he knows that we feel the burden of our journey, of our steps. And not only does he enter into those steps with us, but he blazes a trail that his story can become ours. And therefore his call is not for those who have the proper credentials or have their life look exactly right, but his call is for those who know exhaustion and weariness and the longing for their story to be something other than their belonging to them. And he says, come to me. Come to me today, those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are, that you are a God that's gracious and loving. We thank you for the wonder that you do not leave us on our own, but that you draw near, not just to give us your presence, but to adopt us as your children, that we may know your love. We pray that we would know that today, whether for the first time or that we'd be renewed, that our steps would not be our own, but that we'd be stepping with you, Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
we're going to take some time to pray uh, for one another now in our service. And uh, just a reminder that if you, um, we're going to do this every other Sunday, if you would like to share a prayer request or uh, give an update, you know, please free to contact me uh, or one of the other pastors as well. Um, I'm going to pray for some different uh, requests or needs in the congregation, and then um, also pray for some larger requests of our, of our city and country. But then we'll have a time of quiet at the end that you can bring your own prayers uh, or just prayers of agreement um, before we, we close our time. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you as the God who is our loving Father, in which you and direct us, tell us to bring our needs and our concerns and requests to you. So Lord, we come as your children, asking that you'd hear and receive our, our prayers. Lord, we think of uh, those in our congregation who are caring for sick or who are mourning the loss of a loved one. Lord, we continue to pray for Laura Tabungai and her family as they uh, grieve and mourn the loss of her father, Dan. Lord, we also pray for Justin Sauter. Um, we pray for he and his family. His, his cousin was uh, recently killed in a, a car accident. So, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would be with Justin, but especially his aunt and all his family, that you grant them your peace and comfort in this loss. Lord, we know of others in our congregation who have lost loved ones, whether from COVID or other types of sicknesses or accidents, Lord, we, we know that we have the, the burden of living in this broken and fallen world. And so, Lord, I pray that you would meet, uh, meet us in our sorrows, that we can grieve, but we can grieve with the hope of Christ. Lord, I pray for those who are caring for sick, and we think of Doug Zylister's mother, Sandra. We pray for her as she's undergoing cancer treatments. We pray for the effectiveness of the treatments and that you would sustain her strength and her spirit. We pray for Adriana Lopez's mother, and we thank you for the successful cancer surgery that she's experienced, but we also pray now for wisdom and knowing how best to, to move forward with treatments that you would give clarity to her and the doctors about what is best. And again, we pray, Lord, as, as caregivers, that you would help us to be mindful of those around us who have uh, burdens or illness, that we might care for them well. Lord, we think of neighbors around the church office who we've had a chance to meet. I pray especially for Alex, and we pray for a sense of isolation and loneliness, that he might find a community even here in this church and in the spirit of Christ as well. We pray that even in these hard times and certain times that you would help us to be your witness and light to our family and friends and neighbors. And Lord, we do come to you and we are mindful of uncertainties and challenges. We pray for the schools here in our city. We pray for protection for the teachers and educators and administrators. We pray also for watching over the students. We pray especially as these next weeks ahead of us, as CPS students begin returning to class. We pray that that would move forward and it would go well. And Lord, we do give you thanks for the teachers who are serving and educating the students. We also pray, Lord, a prayer of thanks for all the different medical workers who continue to care for the needs that we have in our city. And we pray especially again for the vaccine that it would be well administered and offered. 
And we pray, Lord, today for all of us here or, or neighbors who are feeling the uncertainties, whether it's money or work, whether it's plans still months out. Lord, I pray for those uncertainties to be opportunities to find rest in you, that our hope is not in our own strength, but in the provision that you give us in Christ. I invite you now to take a moment of quiet to bring your own prayers to God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I invite you to stand if you're here in person, and we're going to affirm our faith together, both online and in person here. We can join together in reciting the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive now God's blessing. May the God of peace himself sanctify you. And may your whole body and soul and spirit be found blameless at the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen. You may go in peace. Well, I want to open up our time together to, uh, to fellowship and Well, glad you can join us today. Good to see everybody. I, I need to head out. Take care. God bless you. Glasses? No, I've had these for years. They're just, uh, no, I don't usually wear glasses. Uh, one contact lens. Oh. Yeah. They look cool. Bye. Bye.
a great, great day. Take care. God bless. Happy. Bye. Can you me the name of the... Hey. 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 Hey